Welcome to Direct Line with Greg Taylor and Stephanie Spangler. Direct Line, religious topics without preaching, mixing politics and religion and not shying away from controversy. You're not going to find all your answers, but you will always find an opinion. This is Direct Line. And now your hosts, Greg Taylor and Stephanie Spangler. Good morning. Welcome to Direct Line. It is Thursday, May 20. Greg Taylor, Stephanie Spangler, we have a very special show scheduled today. You did good on this one. Well, I kind of <laughs> found really it. Good. Honestly, Steph, a couple weeks ago, I took a Saturday and I did my favorite hike in central Illinois, okay. the backpack uh, loop at Forest Glen, uh-huh. and I downloaded four or five podcasts that I've been wanting to listen to, okay. and I actually downloaded this one by accident. Really? This was not the one that I thought, but I it just seemed to kind of grab me early on Mm -hmm. and it is the story of rob and clarissa mall and we're going to be visiting with clarissa mall rob uh really just had a great life worked for christianity today he worked for um eventide Mm -hmm. investments Mm -hmm. world vision Mm -hmm. and did something that um you don't think is going to happen at the age of 32 Mm -hmm. wrote a book on death Mm -hmm. and the art of dying Mm -hmm. And I think many people seemed really surprised. Why would a 32-year-old mm-hmm. be writing this book? Now, you've read that book. I have read it. I have marked it up. Yeah. I'm fascinated yeah. by the topic. And um, yeah. it's an excellent book. Yeah. I'd encourage everyone yeah. to get a copy and read it. And, and again, yeah. Clarissa is going to tell us more about the story. But then just um, coming up on two years ago mm-hmm. uh, on a vacation, uh, Rob tragically dies. Right. And so, you know, here is Clarissa. Her husband's written this book, The Art of Dying. Mm -hmm. Uh, She's going to talk to us a little bit about some of the conversations that took place that maybe she wasn't excited about. You know, you don't want to necessarily face the fact that you're going to die. And just how God has used this, not just to help her and her family, but I would say to help so many. And I share this because I think the American church in general has done a, a terrible job in helping people. We, we talk Jesus all the time. Right. We, we talk salvation all the time. And how to live well. How to live how to well, right. Live well, right. but not how to die well. Yeah. It's such an interesting yeah. concept. And I agree. I don't think yeah. we have done a, a good job, but um, he, this book really is, I think it's a challenge to pastors, right. a challenge right. to couples, right. um, families. Yeah. Uh, there are a lot of things that you can do in preparation yeah. so that when your time comes, yeah. You do it well. You know, something that really struck me in the book was just how different our world is today than even 100 years ago. 100 years ago, almost everyone died in their home. Yes. Right? Yes. And today And was cared cared for by family family. until they died. And now we've... Let's let's clean it up, and right. and and things last a lot longer because right. of medicine and right. technology, right. and so it happens in a hospital. Children don't see grandma and grandpa die right. like they maybe used to. Um, it's a families cl- are connected. You know, used to yeah. everybody yeah. probably lived in about the same community. Right. You know, and now right. you have situations. We have situations right here of yes. people that I love yes. dearly. And they really have no one, you know, well, and Rob ta- Right. Rob talks about in his book that the average American today is going to need three years of right. in-home care, right. like cl- cooking, cleaning, bathing, um, because people are living so much longer and right. family is not um, living near them. And so it's really an interesting concept. You think a lot about your retirement and your 401k, right. but who's going to help you? Yeah. <laughs> who's going to help you end well? 
you know, one of my favorite quotes to share at a funeral, typically at the graveside, is from one of the the great preachers of yesterday, James James S. Stewart. What a great name, by the way. But um, his quote was, let us live as if we're prepared to die and let us die as if we're prepared to live. And I I think the temptation is to only think that that's about heaven, to only think that that's about eternity with the Lord. But I think of living as if we're prepared to die means you know, not leaving anything on the table and making sure that reconciliation takes place when reconciliation needs to take place. And so I'm just really excited about this interview. And um, thank you for for reading the book Mm -hmm. and all of your diligence. I'm about halfway through it. Mm -hmm. And uh, you've marked it up now, so I'll know exactly what to pay attention to. <laughs> I mean, I love I give that. it back to you. You That's, might have to get your own copy. Uh, there you go. Well, hey, we're going to go to break, and when we come back, we're going to visit with mm-hmm. Clarissa Mall. Her husband, the late Rob Mall, wrote the book, The Art of Dying. It's a great mm-hmm. read. I highly recommend it. You're listening to Direct Line. We'll be right back after this. You want to be confident that your investments are working for you. Wouldn't it be nice to know that you don't have to go far for the guidance to help make that happen? Dean Crandall works right here in Danville at Morgan Stanley's local office. As your financial advisor, Dean can help create a wealth plan and help you manage your investments. And he can help you work towards a comfortable retirement too. To make an appointment with Dean Crandall, call 217-477-0025. Morgan Stanley Smith Marty LLC. Member SIPC. Hi, I'm Linda Darby and I'm part of the third generation of Darby's to own Sunset Funeral Home in Memorial Park. Since the 1960s, our family has been proud to serve Vermilion County by providing unmatched dedication and personalized service to families. And I'm Ross Darby. I'm part of the fourth generation in our family business. I want to introduce you to Hall of Fame plaques and signs. We promise to provide you with the same level of service at our sign shop that you've grown accustomed to at our funeral homes and cemetery. With a name like Hall of Fame, it's going to be great! Robinson Chiropractic wants you to know that you're never too young or old to benefit from chiropractic care. Robinson Chiropractic can help increase your mobility and range of motion. Plus, regular alignments just make you feel better. Come get acquainted today. Robinson Chiropractic is located at the corner of Vermillion and Poland Road in Danville, also in Hoopston, Westville, and Watsika. Make an appointment today at robchiro.com. That's R-O-B-C-H-I-R-O.com. Hans Tankwash is thankful for the impact of the Danville, Illinois chapter of Ambux, which strives to live the circle of life by helping and serving others in need. With your generous donations and volunteerism, you help Ambux achieve their mission to inspire others to conquer challenges related to mobility and independence. To learn more about how you can be involved in Ambux, visit their website at danvilleambux.com. You're listening to Direct Line on 1490 WDAN. Welcome back to Direct Line. It is Thursday, May 20, and we are joined right now by Clarissa Mall. Clarissa, welcome to Direct Line. Thanks so much for having me. Clarissa, your late husband, Rob Mall, sounds like just a great guy. He uh, did so much for the kingdom in a short amount of time ministry impact at Christianity Today, World Vision, Eventide. Tell us about Rob Mall. Oh, that's my favorite invitation. Uh, Rob is my favorite guy in the whole world, and I love to talk about him. You know, Rob was um, an ordinary man with ordinary faithfulness. He um, 
went to work every day faithfully on our behalf. Uh, he was a journalist, a writer. He was a little league coach and a faithful husband. And uh, his work lives on now through his writing. But uh, at the time, for the 17 years of our marriage, uh, I didn't think we had anything but an ordinary life. I understand that totally. And in 20, um, what was it, 2010, Rob wrote the book, The Art of Dying. Is that correct? That's right. And so as he is talking about writing this book, well, what's he, probably early 30s at that time? Mm-hmm. What are you thinking as he tells you this is my next project? Well, I've got to be honest, I was a little bit skeptical about the marketability of a book on Christian dying, <laughs> particularly right. by a man in his 30s. Uh, but Rob was just an insatiable, he had an insatiable curiosity, and he had been reporting for Christianity Today on the Terry Schiavo case. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so he was wrestling uh, professionally and also personally with what it meant to die well as a Christian. And uh, so he had noodled on this idea for a while and he became a hospice volunteer. He began working at a funeral home near our town and um, just wanted to wrap his head around what it meant for Christians to live in light of the resurrection, but but acknowledge the full weight of what it meant to be human and die. And uh, writing a book is like a very long pregnancy. So we lived with uh, these ideas from the art of dying for a long time before they were actually born in print. Um, we talked about all of the ideas that you would read in the in the book, we uh, talked about the stories, uh, the folks that he was meeting in his hospice vid- uh, visits, and um, you know, I was I was always uncomfortable talking about death and dying. I, I don't know anybody who's awfully comfortable with it, but uh, but I was okay with discussing the book ideas because that's all they were. They were just mm-hmm. ideas. Uh, it was all theoretical. It was a, a work project he was working on. It wasn't my life, or uh, so I thought. Mm-hmm. Until he asked you to have the conversations about how you wanted your own lives to end well. <laughs> that's right. Yes, and I wanted to have nothing to do with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had three small children mm-hmm. under the age of five, and there was not any way that I wanted to think about Rob being absent from that picture or or myself being mm-hmm. absent from that picture. Uh, I wanted to think about our life together, about our kids growing up, about us growing old together. I didn't want to have to think about the medical decisions I might have to make on his behalf or uh, to think about him remarrying if I were to be gone. Mm -hmm. But, um, but from Rob's experience, he saw that families who ran away from those kind of conversations really struggled mm-hmm. when uh, dying came into their story. And mm-hmm. so he he really pushed and, and leaned in on that with me. And eventually I relented, um, right. maybe a little bit to just, you know, <laughs> wave the white flag of surrender. Right. <laughs> but... Uh, but over time, we we had those hard conversations. We talked about finances and our children, how we wanted to raise them. We talked about um, end of life health choices and our uh, and our wishes there. We talked about remarriage. We kind of hashed it all out in our early thirties, and I'm so glad that we did. Uh, it was. It was marriage building conversation for mm-hmm. us at the time, mm-hmm. and it's been life giving for uh, for me ever since. 
So you talk about the hard conversations, and I know I've been married for almost 29 years, and I've shared with my wife, if something were to happen to me, I want you to remarry. She doesn't even want to have those conversations. Mm -hmm. What's the advantage to having that conversation in your 30s, or in my case, I'm 51? Well, I think that... uh that from where I stand now, I can see those conversations as a gift. Um, you know, when I meet a lot of newly bereaved folks, they struggle with what do I do about the house? You know, mm-hmm. what do I do about his his car that he had in the garage? What do mm-hmm. I do about my finances? What do I do about my children and relationships? And they're just so uh, confused mm-hmm. because they didn't have those kind of conversations when their person was alive. And I do feel like having those conversations in advance is a gift. It's a way of releasing the person who remains to live again after your passing. And, um, and I see that now as Rob's love gift to me. He wanted to make sure I would be okay. And uh, I thought being okay could only mean being with him. And he uh, saw that that my thriving meant something more. It was, it was much bigger than I even imagined. And I'm grateful for that. Mm-hmm. I'm grateful for his, uh, his wisdom and his foresight and um, his willingness to talk about things that really were culturally taboo, but also were pretty scary for me. Right. Well, early on in the book, um, in fact, on page 21, Rob talked about how a culture approaches death reflects what it believes about life. And I would think that's the same for how a family approaches death or a marriage, you know, a couple approaches death. You learn a lot about what you believe in life um, when you're approaching these conversations about death. Is that correct? That's right. And that's why, you know, even from a young age, I think it's important to talk to children about death using real words. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when your pet is ailing, um, talking about death and dying as something mm-hmm. that's real, that happens, um, avoiding euphemisms like crossing the rainbow bridge mm-hmm. or passing away even can sound really soft mm-hmm. and, and confusing to a child. I think we begin that culture of um, demystifying death and dying dying when we start using real words. So you'll hear me use death and dying. Uh, I use them pretty freely because it's what happened. And I never want there to be any confusion with my own children Mm -hmm. about what exactly has happened to their dad. Um, But I also see that there's a lot of value in just being honest. And um, when we stop running away from death, I don't know that it becomes less scary, but we're able to, uh, as Christians see death in the light of Christ. And uh, that makes a big difference. His resurrection. That's right. Hey, something that really touched me, Clarissa, was early in the book where Rob just shared his personal story of the first time he was ever really around death. When his great aunt died, I think he was in his late 20s. And looking back on it, how maybe disappointed he was and what he felt and how he went through all of that, that really resonates with me where many an American Christian probably is today. Um, what's the lesson for the American church today when it comes to death and dying? Well, in the in the book, Rob talks about visiting his great aunt who's dying and he has no words and she's in her hospice bed in her little Chicago apartment and uh, and he just feels bereft of comfort to offer to this woman who is in her dying days and hours. And um, 
I think he's too hard on himself. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if, <laughs> if I were to talk to him now, I'd say, mm -hmm. honey, you're, you were too hard on yourself because without a cultural understanding, without cultural language about death and dying, none of us know what to do. Um, but the truth is that there's an unexpected beauty that can, that can be revealed to us as we are present with someone who is dying. Mm -hmm. I often think about it, um, you know, a new baby comes to church and everybody gathers around those new parents, don't they? Right. And there's right. The, the, the baby snatching grandmas who want to pass the baby mm -hmm. around and around. But we don't have that same sense of urgency when there is someone who is dying in our midst. Mm -hmm. People tend to run away. And I think, you know, if, if, death and dying is hard for us to face, um, the first step we can take is to simply be present, mm -hmm. work on being present. And uh, so if I were to talk to Rob now, I'd say, honey, you did all that you needed to do. You right. showed up right. and showing up is the first step. And over time, we learn that spending time with a dying person gives us these beautiful moments to repair a relationship mm -hmm. or to gain wisdom from a life that's been well-lived or to worship Jesus as we come face to face with with death, which he has defeated. Um, but, and those things will come with time. But the first step really is to be present, to stop turning away from death, uh, which is something we're prone to do in American culture and also in the church, and to start being present with people. And mm -hmm. eventually the wisdom, the words, they will come. Right. I want to kind of go back to Rob's um, early on in his book on page 49. Um, I'm going to read this quote. He says, I found that it was not easy to tell my wife that while I hope to live to an old age, whatever point in life that I am struck by an accident or illness likely to end it, I want to be in hospice for at least a few months before I die. I want my health care decisions to be guided by my desire to spend a good deal of time in comfort and peace so that I'm able to give my thoughts to God, my family and loved ones. That seems like he was very clear on what he wanted uh, for the the end of his life, but um, he didn't quite get that, did he? No, no, no. And, and I think that this is the, this is the hard truth uh, about these conversations about death and dying that, you know, there's uh, an important element of being prepared, of mm -hmm. being honest, but we also have to acknowledge that none of this is within our control right. and, and death is the ultimate coming face to face with that lack of control. Um, you can plan everything really well. You can take all the precautions, but in the end, our days are measured by the Lord mm -hmm. uh, and he has gifted us with each one. And so all of these conversations, the plans that we make surrounding our, our desires for death and dying, uh, we need to hold them loosely, knowing that um, that has God has good plans for us, that his intentions are always good, and uh, that whether or not things play out as we hope or plan for them to do, uh, that he's still in control. So Clarissa, someone's listening. They want to get a copy of the book, The Art of Dying. What's the best way they can do that? Well, you can find the new edition of The Art of Dying any place online where you like to buy your books. Uh, I like to visit uh, InterVarsity Press because that's the uh, publisher of Rob's book, and you can see his other works there. You can read more about him. So that's one of my favorite places, ivpress.com. And uh, you can also find them through my website as well. There's a link at clarissamalllikedoll.com as well. I know. I went to buy the book on Amazon 
and uh, wanted to get it, you know, in a couple of days because the interview was coming up. And they tried to get me to buy an older edition. And yes. thankfully, um, I really wanted to read your words. So I would say if you're buying it on Amazon, uh, make sure you're getting the most recent edition. Did that just come out this year? It did. It just came out in April. And so I tell folks, buy the buy the copy that has the flower, not the leaf. There, there you go. There we go. That's great. <laughs> Hey, um, one quote that really jumped out at me um, that's really convicted me the last several days as I prepared for this interview, Rob wrote, it is good to look death in the eye and constantly remind ourselves our hope is in God who defeated death. This Sunday, our church is going to be looking at John chapter 11 and Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead and Jesus' statement, I am the resurrection and the life, and he who believes in me will live even though he dies. Um, with so much death in the news in the last year with COVID and all that's happening, what a great reminder for followers of Jesus that our hope ultimately is in Jesus, and because Jesus lives, we will live. Just a great reminder. Well, hey, we're going to go to break, and when we come back, we will continue visiting with Clarissa Mall. Um, her late husband, Rob, wrote the book, The Art of Dying, and uh, we're so thankful that Clarissa is joining us today. You're listening to Direct Line. We'll be right back after this. You want to be confident that your investments are working for you. Wouldn't it be nice to know that you don't have to go far for the guidance to help make that happen? Dean Crandall works right here in Danville at Morgan Stanley's local office. As your financial advisor, Dean can help create a wealth plan and help you manage your investments. And he can help you work towards a comfortable retirement too. To make an appointment with Dean Crandall, call 217-477-0025. Morgan Stanley Smith Marty LLC. Member SIPC. Lakewood Insurance Agency can fulfill your farm and business insurance needs. As a result of our expertise in the insurance industry, we carefully examine your current coverages and recommend options best for your operation. Whether we insure you domestically or directly with Lloyds of London, Lakewood has the experience to provide the best insurance for you. Service is most important in our agency. Bill and Mary Lou Knight and Justin Silver have your best interests at heart. Find Lakewood Insurance Agency on Facebook or call 217-260-5647. This is Deanna Witzel from your Witzel Family McDonald's. Along with New Hoff Media, we are proud to support Serve Together Vermilion County on Saturday, June 12th. Here's Terry Goodwin to tell us more. Serve Together Vermilion County is an organization focused on uniting and mobilizing the church in Vermilion County. We see a need for people to take action within our community, not for individual benefit, but for the improvement of our community and the support of our people. Serve Together is organized each year to do projects all throughout our county for nonprofits, schools, communities, and even individuals. If you would be interested in serving with us on June 12th, please contact us at servetogether at yahoo.com or call Molly Goodwin at 217-304-3074 for more information. Call Molly Goodwin at 217-304-3074 or email servetogether at yahoo.com for more information. Serve Together Vermilion County, Saturday, June 12th, from Newhoff Media and McDonald's, a part of every community. You're listening to Direct Line on 1490 WDAN. 
Well, welcome back to Direct Line. This is Stephanie Spangler with Greg Taylor, and um, we are pleased to have with us today Clarissa Mall, who is the widow of Rob Mall, who is the author of The Art of Dying. Um, in our last segment, we talked about Rob's wishes, what he really wanted. I want to go out, you know, well. I want to end well. I want to be in hospice if I if I can and have time to um, take care of all those loose ends and tell my family uh, how much I love them. And he didn't get the chance to do that. Let's talk about uh, what happened in 2019 to your husband, Clarissa. Can you tell us that story? We had planned a cross-country road trip with our family from Boston to Seattle, and uh, we were excited about the extended amount of time together. As a capstone to our visit in the Pacific Northwest, Rob had planned a long ridge line hike with a good friend and hiking partner of his. And uh, he left that Friday morning, July 19th. He kissed me goodbye in our camper and I told him to have fun. And uh, he headed out for the mountains and he never came home again. That evening I waited and waited and uh, eventually a chaplain arrived, two chaplains arrived in a white SUV, rolled up to my campsite and uh, gave me the terrible news that Rob had fallen to his death, um, oh. that he wasn't coming home and that now I was a widow and my four children uh, were fatherless. And I can't imagine that. Um, now in the aftermath of that, I've heard you share about how you moved on in life as a, a widow, four young children, and maybe you didn't fit the typical stereotypical widow that you might find in a church. Talk a little bit about what you experienced in the months that followed. Well, I, I felt like a kind of a black sheep at first. Uh, I called a local hospice organization because I had been told, you know, plug in right away, find support right away. And the woman uh, said very kindly to me, you know, you're welcome to join our newly widowed group. I do want to let you know, most of the folks are going to be at least 20 years older than you are. Right. And uh, I didn't know what to do. Now, almost two years out from my loss, I'm happy to connect with folks of any mm -hmm. age, uh, any life experience, any kind of loss. But in those uh, acute first days mm -hmm. and months, I, I really felt very alone that mm -hmm. there was nobody who knew knew exactly what I was going through. Uh, I was blessed to make some initial connections through friends who connected me to some other young widows. I joined an online widows support group uh, for young women. And so I was able to find support eventually, but uh, it was tough at the mm -hmm. beginning to mm -hmm. feel like this was all happening out of order. Uh, Dads were not supposed to leave their right. young children and um, young women were not supposed to be left to to manage on their own. Uh, a death like uh, Rob's really disrupts the natural order that we expect. Right. And I found it interesting that in uh, chapter nine of Rob's book, he quoted a 1984 report that says the overwhelming majority of people surveyed thought that individuals should be through mourning between 48 hours and two weeks after a death. <laughs> and I, I kind of chuckled at that. I think it hasn't even started really yet. Uh, two weeks after a death. Did, did chapter nine of his book help you? Uh, it's entitled grief and mourning. Did you read it? And did you gain some wisdom 
from that chapter as you oh, I certainly you went back and I said, <laughs> I okay what do you have to say to me now right, honey right. <laughs> um, and I think uh, that study from the early 80s really shows the shift that we have seen over the last 40 years mm-hmm. and how we even talk about death and dying right. uh, to even have a conversation like this publicly is a big deal yes. um, that we've come so far even now I mean I think we've got a long way to go mm-hmm. but um, but I think in in the church and in American culture, certainly after a pandemic, you can't deny that that these things exist in people's lives. You can't deny that grief is something that persists. Uh, and so I, th- I think there is some growth in that area that we've experienced even culturally um, because, yeah, there there was a time where this sort of thing, and there still persists this, this idea that uh, you should wrap your grief up, that right. at least by the one-year anniversary, right. you should be moving on, right. or uh, that some that you shouldn't be crying as often as you used to. But um, but grief is a funny thing. It's not linear, and mm-hmm. uh, and it, it really does what it wants to do, and, and you just have to flex with it and learn to live with it as a companion. Well, I appreciate it out of that chapter the reminders of how it used to be back in the old days, like, um, you know, in, in Jewish tradition, sitting Shiva with someone and how, uh, they dressed and, um, Took, people took cues from uh, signs that they put outside of their home or um, just how different it was back then. Or even in Victorian days, was it, I think he mentioned that they would even go and sit with the corpse for mm-hmm. days or weeks or months. I mean, it's so different back then to how we just, we just want to move on, tidy it up, like you said, right. button it up and let's, let's move on. But I appreciated the fact that he shared, um, you know, there are t- long held traditions from long times ago that uh, people sat with people and just were present with people. And you mentioned that earlier. Yeah, and I think for for people who are bereaved, uh, these traditions are just such a rich, mm-hmm. rich repository for them. Because uh, in a culture that wants to move you along and see you, you know, pull yourself up by your bootstraps and get going, mm-hmm. uh, grieving people realize they live the reality that um, this isn't going away. And so finding ways to embody their sorrow can be a really productive practice as they integrate their loss with the person that they are becoming. Uh, I chose to wear black for three months after Rob died. That was just a really important way for me to embody my grief. Uh, He and I had talked about the value of that as a mourning practice. And there are all kinds of other creative ways that folks can um, can engage with their grief, remember their person who is gone, and um, and point their feet toward hope at the same mm-hmm, time. Mm-hmm. So, Clarissa, I'm a preacher. Stephanie's a worship minister at a church here in Danville, Illinois. Um, how can churches that maybe would lean toward younger generations, or at least have a you know a strong swath of people from younger generations, how can they make sure that they help? their kids and even themselves connect with older generations. I think there's so much segmenting going mm-hmm. on in churches mm-hmm. today. And I think Rob's experience of, you know, not being around death until, you know, he, he, I think he said his late twenties, I, I bet there's people in their forties and fifties mm-hmm. that really have not been around death. What can preachers do? What can teachers do? What can worship ministers do? 
Well, I think uh, as much as it's possible, encourage intergenerational connections, intergenerational worship, keeping kids in services longer with older folks so that they can see uh, that there are older people who worship Jesus to the very end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, having small groups that aren't broken up by demographic, mm-hmm. but um, you know, geographic perhaps, where there are folks who live in your neighborhood who are older and you're connecting with them because they just have to be near to you. Uh, remembering that presence is the gift that we always give to one another in our dying days and fostering those relationships in advance uh, can provide a rich church community. Uh, I think offering opportunity regularly for lament in worship can be an important mm-hmm. way to signify loss and allow people uh, the opportunity to talk about it in public. Because um, I'll often say that, you know, if if everybody in your sanctuary wore a black shirt to signify a grief that they were carrying, everyone would be dressed in black on Sunday morning. (laughs) And so uh, grief is not something only that is for the elderly, uh, for people who are nearing the end of their lives, but it's something that the mom who is miscarrying, she needs to be known as well. The dad who is struggling with his own grief about uh, a loss of a parent through divorce or uh, a childhood loss, you know, all of these griefs, it's amazing how our grief can bind us to one another. Uh, And so as churches foster lament in worship, it gives us a chance to collectively grieve before God and and find that universality in grief, which uh, often feels like a very isolating experience. I like what you said in your words in the afterward. Um, you talked about how worship could not answer any of the why questions that plagued your mind and heart, but it could answer the who, what, when, and where questions clearly. And so I think when we're worshiping together, older and younger, some of those questions do get answered in worship. I appreciated that you said that as I am the worship leader here, but um, worship is a point where you get some of those questions answered. It is. And there are so many unanswered questions, whether your person lived a really long and rich life or whether they were taken from you suddenly. Uh, there's it, there's no simple death. And so uh, in worship, when we face uh, our mortality in the light of Jesus' resurrection, uh, it's amazing how certain things our need to know can fall away a little bit. And uh, we have context for our losses in uh, the broader redemption story. So I'm linking an article right now that really touched me. It's written as a tribute to Rob by Ted Olson. I don't know Ted. It says he's editorial director at Christianity Today, but it was published, I think, just a couple weeks after uh, Rob's death two years ago. And man, what a great tribute. Um, Talk about some of the people that paid a tribute to Rob and how it touched you during your time of grief. Well, Ted is a dear friend of ours. He and Rob worked together uh, for a long time at Christianity Today. And um, I've been amazed at the folks who have reached out to me to share their tributes about Rob, their memories. uh, a gentleman from the Chicago Tribune wrote a piece. Uh, he wrote an obituary for Rob. He said, we don't usually do this anymore, but yeah. uh, I, I felt like his story was one we wanted to tell. And, um, you know, for people who have lost a loved one, those remembrances are absolutely golden. Yeah. 
They are golden uh, to feel like someone hasn't forgotten your person. You know, mm. I wake up every morning and I remember that he's gone. Mm. There's not a day that I won't forget. And uh, and to know that other people miss him, that they saw value in his life, uh, that they long to be with him again. That is absolutely a treasure to me. And and I treasure all of those words. I want to bring up a, a quote that was written um actually by your son, um, in the book, it says shortly after Rob died, your son said, death feels less scary now that dad has died. That really struck me. I think many people fear death, their own death or, um, someone else's death that they love. And, and it's frightening, but, uh, I know that I watched my own sister die. And once you are in the room with someone and you see it happen, it does feel a, a bit less scary, I think. And so that quote by your son really touched me. Um, and I just wanted to tell you that. I don't know if you have anything to say about, about it, but I think um, he's right. It feels a little less scary now that it's actually happened. Can you speak into that? You know, I... I long for the faith of a child, mm -hmm. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> As an adult, I look at it and I say, uh, boy, now that I have had a brush with death, it is terrifying to me. Mm -hmm. uh, it is just as scary, if not scarier than it was mm -hmm. before. And uh, and seeing death be that real makes me want to run away too. And I think therein is where the gospel uh, finds its greatest beauty, that Jesus would do this for me. Right. Uh, whoa, just blows me away mm -hmm. that this thing that I would hightail it away from at any cost is something that he willingly endured for me. And so I guess it's in that context where I can agree with my son and say, mm -hmm. okay, yeah, yeah, death is less scary than it used to be. Maybe not because dad has died, but because Jesus has died. Yeah. And, uh, and so for me, I think that is, that is my hope. It's my, um, my eternal hope, but it's also the living hope that I can uh, mm -hmm. rest in, in each day. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned earlier website, clarissamall.com, M-O-L-L.com. You are both a writer and a speaker. Where can we find your writings and where can we hear you speak? Well, I write regularly for Christianity Today and the Gospel Coalition. You can find all of those links at my website, too. And uh, I've got a brand new podcast that I'm really excited about partnering with Christianity Today. It's called Surprised by Grief. Mm. And you can find that any place where you listen to your podcasts. It's a podcast. Uh, it's not a silver lining podcast. It's uh, mm -hmm. getting real, talking mm -hmm. about death, talking about hope. And, um, and I think that you'll find it to be a comfort, whether you are a grieving person, or uh, whether you're what we call grief adjacent, whether you're walking with somebody who is grieving. Yeah. Uh, I think that uh, Surprised by Grief will be a great resource for listeners. Very good. Well, many of our people that listen to Direct Line are people of prayer. Um, is there anything that we can be praying for you, your family, or your ministry as you're now close, is it to two years after losing Rob? That's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I think... Um, I would love prayer that we would continue to know God's enduring presence. You know, I think in the first days and months, the really acute and traumatic season mm -hmm. of loss, uh, 
God feels very close. Uh, your, your faith feels like that's the thing you're clinging to. And as time goes by, you, you get your sea legs, you start mm-hmm. to move again. And, um, and I find that sometimes I, I can start to rely on my own strength again. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, I think my prayer is always that I would continue to know God's enduring presence that uh, I don't do any of this on my own strength, but it's only through what he provides. Mm-hmm. We've been visiting with Clarissa Mall. Her late husband, Rob Mall, wrote the book, The Art of Dying. It is a great read. I highly recommend you get a copy. And Clarissa, thanks for joining us. Mm -hmm. And we just wish you and your family nothing but the best. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. All right. You're listening to Direct Line. We'll be right back after this. Introducing Aunt B. She is Sunset's new comfort dog. Not only will she comfort our guests, but she will also answer questions regarding youth and funerals. I'm Judy Fraser. I would suggest that you email Aunt B today. Did you know that by planning your funeral or cremation ahead of time, you can lock in today's prices and make affordable monthly payments? I'm Judy Fraser, and if pre-planning is on your mind, I would suggest that you make just one phone call, Sunset Funeral Homes and Cremation Centers. Robinson Chiropractic wants you to know that you're never too young or old to benefit from chiropractic care. Robinson Chiropractic can help increase your mobility and range of motion. Plus, regular alignments just make you feel better. Come get acquainted today. Robinson Chiropractic is located at the corner of Vermillion and Poland Road in Danville, also in Hoopston, Westville, and Watsika. Make an appointment today at robchiro.com. That's R-O-B-C-H-I-R-O.com. Lakewood Insurance Agency can fulfill your farm and business insurance needs. As a result of our expertise in the insurance industry, we carefully examine your current coverages and recommend options best for your operation. Whether we insure you domestically or directly with Lloyds of London, Lakewood has the experience to provide the best insurance for you. Service is most important in our agency. Bill and Mary Lou Knight and Justin Silver have your best interests at heart. Find Lakewood Insurance Agency on Facebook or call 217-260-5647. Hans Tankwash is thankful for the impact of the Danville, Illinois chapter of Ambux, which strives to live the circle of life by helping and serving others in need. With your generous donations and volunteerism, you help Ambux achieve their mission to inspire others to conquer challenges related to mobility and independence. To learn more about how you can be involved in Ambux, visit their website at danvilleambux.com. You're listening to Direct Line on 1490 WDAN. Well, welcome back to Direct Line. That was such a moving and insightful interview with Clarissa Mall. We appreciate her spending time with us today and sharing her story uh, about her husband, Rob. And we wish her only the best, her and her children. And uh, she's still really new into this, you know, less than two years still. So still figuring it out, I'm sure. And I mean, I just, I can't imagine you go on your family vacation across country Mm -hmm. and you lose your spouse, you know, on what is supposed to be a fun, you know, hiking expedition. And um, that's life in a lot of ways for many people have experienced uh, tragedy in that way. You know, what it says to me is, um, you know, like in his book, he said he wanted to be in hospice care. He wanted to have peace. He wanted to have comfort, time to tell his family. Well, that's a a good plan, but we don't all get it. So that 
it, it just underlies the importance of living your life, taking care of things right. on a daily basis, you right. know, making amends. There's just a lot of end of life things. I think about your, your spiritual life. Are you ready spiritually? Right. How about your um, relationships? Right. Are, are right. your relationships as good as they can be? Right. Um, and then even your stuff. What are you going to do with all your stuff? You right. know, who's going to take care of your stuff? Um, right. I just think there's so many things to think about. And I guess maybe it's our age. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, we've kind of, we're well, 52. And, you know, looking at elderly parents, maybe, or thinking about how am I going to end my life well? Um, Just it's a fascinating topic. Well, and I think that one of the blessings of having these conversations and preparing is you can be a blessing if you end up passing away unexpectedly. Um, You know, I lost my dad. My dad had not been in great health Mm -hmm. the last couple years of his life. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I went to bed the Sunday night of Martin Luther King Jr. weekend thinking that, man, I've got a busy Monday. Mm -hmm. And, you know, bottom line, I ended up in the middle of the night at Carl Hospital. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they made the decision to remove life support. And my dad was gone in 15 minutes. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, I'm at a funeral home. I didn't Mm -hmm. plan it being at. I'm at a cemetery. One one of the things my dad did for my mom and for my family that was such a blessing is he took care of, you know, the the opening the grave fee ahead Mm -hmm. of time. My Mm -hmm. mom didn't know that, Mm -hmm. you Mm -hmm. know, and a, a lot of what he wanted to have happen he had put into place ahead mm-hmm. of time mm-hmm. and nobody wants to go down that road that's right. not necessarily something that you get excited about right. but i'll tell you it made a huge difference for my mom that day it was right. such a blessing to be able to have some of that taken care of ahead of time and again you know i'm thankful for all of the people in our community that help people mm-hmm. facing death take advantage of these resources take advantage right. of the opportunities right. i'm going to ask you a question yeah. so she yeah. talked about intergenerational church And I think it's interesting, you know, even at our church, we have a separate service that's geared for younger people. Um, How do you feel about that? When you say this is for young people, we want all of our young people in one room. Then that leaves another room of older people who are facing different circumstances. And this this group in this other room isn't ever connected to these people. How do you feel about that? I think that's why you need to find ways to be more connected, quite Mm -hmm. honestly. And I think that is one of the one of the challenges with what's known as the attractional church. The mm-hmm. attractional church would mm-hmm. say, let's find as many different avenues as possible to tell the story of Jesus mm-hmm. as opposed to, you know, here's one thing that we're doing. Mm-hmm. And I think you've got to work overtime to do that. Mm-hmm. But I also think there's things churches like Second Church and other churches can do to help people face death. And that includes speaking about it. That mm-hmm. includes talking mm-hmm. about it. That includes mm-hmm. having uh, interviews right. like we've had this morning with right. Clarissa Mall promoting books like The the Art of Dying. Mm-hmm. I mean, this Sunday, you know, we're going to look at death. Mm-hmm. And right. um, I, I'm probably going to step outside uh, the bounds of where many preachers will go. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to really challenge uh, the church. Here's some things you need to do mm-hmm. this week mm-hmm. or this month mm-hmm. because some of you won't see summer 2021, mm-hmm. right. you know? Right. Now, that sounds crazy cryptic in Morbid. many ways. It does, but but that's reality. That's what know? this whole book is about. Right. Yeah. I yeah. mean, Stephanie, I go hiking all the time. Yeah. Honestly. You. you know, yeah. I sometimes on my bike, I'll see that semi coming toward mm-hmm. me and I wonder, mm-hmm. you know, is this it? And and yet there's conversations I need to have mm-hmm. to this day. Mm-hmm. Not nothing, you know, over the top crazy or anything, but um don't put off for tomorrow what you need to do today, you know, and right. there have been times in my life where I have felt compelled to have conversations with people mm-hmm. and I didn't do mm-hmm. it and they're not with us now. Mm-hmm. 
and hmm. y- you uh, you really have that sense of regret, mm-hmm. um, reconciliation. You know, right. that, that's a message I have right now. If you are not reconciled with someone mm-hmm. and you know that you need to be, don't put off tomorrow what you can do today. Right. So I'm preaching Good words. right now. Good words. Hey, we couldn't do direct line without just some incredible sponsors. Thankful for Second Church and for the difference that uh, Second Church has made for, for decades here in Vermilion County. But we couldn't do it without our sponsors. Who are we saying thank you to? Right. Uh, well, speaking of this topic, yes. the Darby family, yes. the Sunset Funeral they Home. They do a great job. They yep. do. Uh, the team at Hans Tank Wash, Dean and Gina Crandall with Morgan Stanley, Bill and Mary Lou Knight with Lakewood Insurance, Chris and Daisha Robinson with Robinson Chiropractic, and Don and Deanna Witzel with McDonald's. You know, something that we didn't really get into with Clarissa that um, I, I just I, I thought about as the interview ended is m- many times when someone we know has passed away and we don't know what to say Mm -hmm. we don't say anything we don't do anything Mm -hmm. and the thing i heard her say i think four times presence be present the power of presence and you know i thought what you did a couple weeks ago with bella madre Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. that that was helping mothers and you said there were mothers that for for decades Mm -hmm. have been grieving you know the power of presence cannot be overstated how important it is we're so busy right we get so busy and I think we've, you know, lost the art. Some people probably haven't lost the art. I don't think I ever took up the art of baking a pie and taking it to someone's house and just sitting with them for a few minutes, having a cup of coffee and just being with them. You don't even have to say anything. Right. But yeah. that you've got to have your eyes open. You got to have your ears attuned. You got to have your your heart open right. and be looking for people. It's so easy just mm-hmm. to get caught in that routine of, you know, right. the craziness and the busyness, but it's a great opportunity and it's a it's a blessing. Hey, this Sunday I'm super excited. We continue our journey through the mm-hmm. I am statements mm-hmm. of Jesus mm-hmm. and this week we're talking death. Right. And you know what's interesting about John chapter 11? Jesus knew he was going to raise Lazarus from the dead. Mm-hmm. He and knew he was going to do a miracle. And he still cried. Well, he didn't cry. He wept. He wept, yeah. I mean, that's not yeah. like, you know, kind of push the tear away on the right. side. I mean, right. he, but I, but I don't think he wept necessarily because Lazarus died. Mm-hmm. I think he was heartbroken at Mary mm-hmm. and Martha. Mm-hmm. And it says many Jews came to comfort mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, a lot of men, I'll, I'll put men in that mm-hmm. category, mm-hmm. we don't ever want to show emotion. Mm-hmm. We don't ever want people mm-hmm. to see that side. Mm-hmm. Man, if Jesus wept, mm-hmm. I can weep mm-hmm. and, and others can weep mm-hmm. as well. So mm-hmm. yeah. um, I, I've really enjoyed this journey Me through too. and thankful for my friend Dave Upchurch and the great job that he did yes. on Sunday. Yeah, absolutely. And again, if you are listening and you don't have a church home, you're always welcome mm-hmm. at Second Church, mm-hmm. 8, 9, 20, 10, 45, and you can find us online, 9, 20, and 10. 45. Well, Stephanie, thank you mm-hmm. for Thanks another for week. Thanks for letting me be part of it. Yeah, that was absolutely. a good interview. Yeah. And uh, we will join you next week for Direct Line visiting with Brian Johnson and Ryan Sarver from the Bible Bistro. Now, what a I'm, great podcast. I'm interested in that one. It's yeah. going to be a good time. Good. So good. Uh, have a great week. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.